Hey everyone, I'm Mary Kate and welcome to Women Changing the Game. Join me as I sit down with ambitious, powerful women who are coming off the bench in the sports industry and are changing the game as we know it. Get ready for women in coaching, photography, events, sales, entrepreneurship, and so much more, all in the industry of sports. If you're here to get some amazing advice, stories, and laughs, then stick around. Looking to start your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Women Changing the Game. I am so pumped to be able to chat with our next guest. Our guest is a sports dietitian and nutritionist, where she currently works for Hendrick Motorsports, as well as Roush Fenway Racing. Previously, she was a dietitian for the Carolina Panthers. Our guest is manager and owner of the Sports RD Pro and is member of the Women's Gatorade Advisory Board. She swam at the University of South Carolina and became a seven-time All-American swimmer and Hall of Fame athlete. Welcome, Jennifer Brunelli. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. Really excited. Um, I think everyone from Women Changing the Game is really excited to get to know you and your story. So let's go ahead and get into it. Sure, let's do it. All right, so I really want to just get started talking about your current roles of being a dietitian dietitian, you're, you know, having your own business, being on the Gatorade advisory board, um, even throwing in there, being a mom on top of all of that. And I just really want to know a day in your life. I'm sure every day is different because you have so much going on, but tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, every day is different and anybody in the sports world, whether you're just, you're still an athlete or whether you're on the other side of it at this point or working towards the other side, that's part of the difficult and wonderful part is it's never the same. Um, I'll give you my today example is I dropped my kids off at tennis camp because it's summer at eight and literally came back and prepped for this. And then I have another podcast interview after this, but then I have a bunch of clients this afternoon and just some work to do on some sweat testing that we're doing over the next two days for a bunch of NASCAR athletes. So I'll prep for that. And then the next two days, I'm at two different NASCAR teams doing that sweat testing for some of them. Um, Thursday, I have a blood work analysis that we're doing for a bunch of pro athletes. It's something that we did with an NFL team where it really supports a lot of athletes that have IBS or any kind of GI issues. Mm -hmm. It helps us really individualize our care for those athletes. So we'll be doing some of that. And then I meet with individual athletes all day on Friday. And typically we'll build out plans on Fridays for any athletes that I've met with all week long. Um, so to your point, every single week is completely different. Um, so it's a lot of time management for sure. Yeah. But at least it's never boring. That's for sure. Yep. I was going to say that sounds really exciting now. Yeah. I want to get into time management too, but do you have, um, you know, a favorite day out of any of those or is one day more exciting than the other, or is it all just kind of fun for you? (laughs) You know, I really, every day is fun. That's for sure. Because it's, it just doesn't get boring when you get like, I, like you had mentioned, I worked with, I work with NASCAR athletes. I've done a lot with football. I do a lot with age group athletes at this stage that are really wanting to get real information because we all know we can Google search and somebody's going to say, this is the greatest thing ever. And somebody's going to say, this is the worst idea that anybody's ever had. Well, where's the science? That's what, that's what I like to get into. So when I get to actually apply that, that's my favorite, right? I, you know, I, at the Panthers, right? I can walk around during breakfast and lunch and dinner and say, Hey, let's do this. And this is why, but when I get to do sweat testing or blood work or things like that, that allow us to say, Hey, this is what you need. And this is why, 
And what are you doing that's gotten us to this place for you specifically? Um, I think that's where the future of my field lies. And it's a lot less of, let me educate you on hydration and more about, yeah, let me educate you on it, but this is where you sit. So that's why your prescription, if you will, looks like this. Yeah. Um, so I think the application is definitely my favorite when we get to do that testing and say, hey, here's your plan, here's your plan, here's your plan. And it's 40 different plans for 40 different guys. Yeah. And real results. Like you said, like you can Google up anything, but I don't trust Google and I'd rather <laughs> real person like in front of me telling me this is what your body needs exactly. You know, what's meant for you. I'm sure, like you said, everyone's different. So it's an interesting statement because I have people that reach out to me all the time and ask, oh, how do I have a how, what kind of resource should I be looking? looking for. And I'm always going to say a sports dietitian or an RD. It's not that there aren't other super knowledgeable people out there around food and nutrition and movement and weight loss and muscle gain. Like, of course there are, there's a lot of really intelligent people out there, but I would challenge you to look for a dietitian because if you don't, my only fear factor, when I hear that going on, especially if with, if it's with an athlete, that's high, high expenditure and high risk, if you will, for things like injuries and stuff like that is what about the clinical side of things? What about the IBS? What about diabetes? What about all of these other components that if you're not prepared to assess this person, then you might miss it. And then we put an athlete in jeopardy and it's not just, oh, they were low energy. There's a lot of other things that can go on. So. Yeah, definitely. So I want to get back into the time management thing. Um, sure. I think it's really important, especially in your field to stay organized. And what are your tips um, that have helped you throughout all of your success in this industry? Yeah. If it's not on my Google calendar, it does not happen. Okay. So <laughs> that calendar. is for sure. Um, and actually it's funny because this evolves over time, right? So initially when I started my business, my goal was that I was so very willing to pay my dues, if you will, meaning go out there and do what I needed to do to get information to athletes, to make my name known, to do things to show what I could, what service I could provide for an athlete beyond just, yeah, you need to eat a lot of vegetables. Like, it's like, really? Like there's a whole lot more to it than that. But people didn't know that 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and it's evolved in the term, in terms of when I first started, I wasn't supporting athletes in doing some pretty high level blood work analysis, looking at gut bacteria and things like that, that could impact performance and digestion and nutrient utilization and all these things, right? We didn't do that initially. So it's a matter of kind of evolving over time. So when I started, I had all this time, right? But I needed to fill it. So it was going out and spending a, a lot of time seeking opportunities. Um, and it evolved over time to, oh my gosh, where are they? There are not enough hours in the day and every night needing to really make sure that I was prepared for what was coming the following week or the following day. It's really easy to say yes to things. Um, recently, you know, as your opportunities grow and evolve, it's about learning to say no. And this is crazy thing I talk about with other dietitians, with sports professionals. Um, it is okay to say no to things. There becomes a point where if you are not providing a service or, or an opportunity to show what you're capable of and show your worth, if you can't do it because you're so overrun, it's like, why are you know, you're potentially missing out on an opportunity. Um, it's something that I have failed at epically for a long time. And I'm just still to this day working on that. Um, yeah. And it's, it's okay to say no, and it's okay to ask for help. So I think when it comes to time management, you have to go into it, knowing what you're trying to accomplish, being ex extremely organized uh, because if you're not in a job where every day is the same, then you're really going to have to make sure that you know how long something's going to take, that you build in time for kind of business side of things outside of what the actual work is that you're doing. Um, so, this, so that you just have to really know what your job entails in order to be successful in that. 
But as far as time management is concerned, I think it really is learning when to say yes and when to say no, when to ask for help. You know, the easy stuff is the Google Calendar. Like that's the easy stuff, right? And now that we do more things from afar, um, it's making sure that you have the right tools in place to organize yourself. Um, because we all know if it comes from IG, it comes from Facebook, it comes from Zoom, it comes from the three emails. It's like, whoa, <laughs> it's a lot. No, I love that answer because you're right. The easy answer is Google Calendar, keeping folders, saying organize, that type of thing. But you have to think back to like the details of it, of saying no. And a lot of people just starting out maybe in the industry or really hungry people wanting to just, you know, get everything done. You, you say yes to so many things and that can actually hurt you. Like you said, like just knowing what you're, what's going to be beneficial to what you want to do in life is so important. And then say no to things that maybe aren't so beneficial. Maybe you can go back to them and do them another time. You know, it's all going to work out. So it's a really good answer. Yeah, um, I agree with you. And, and I will just add to that. I cannot tell you how many times that I've thought to myself, I can't believe I'm saying no to this. I'll give you an example. When I started my career, it was a, oh my gosh, my dream job would be the dietitian for University of South Carolina. Um, having been an athlete there, I was like, that's going to be my dream job. Well, it came about and it didn't play out for a number of different reasons. Um, I got the job offer and it, I had to turn it down. And I went into this with that being my end all be all. Yeah. And not only a couple months later did the Panthers opportunity come along. So I do think that you have to, I got the chills just saying, <laughs> literally, I, I, do I think love that. that. I <laughs> think a lot of people can relate to that too. Yeah. Or people might end up relating to that and they don't even know that that's going to happen, but that is definitely something that happens. You're right. You get this yeah. job and then you're like, wait, this doesn't connect with my life right now. I'm going to have to say no. And then another opportunity comes up and the right opportunity for you that you didn't know. You think in your head that this is going to be my path. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Something even better comes up. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but did you know, though, that so you said that was your dream job. So you knew that nutrition was you know, something that you always wanted to do? Or when did that start for you? Did that start being an athlete before being an athlete? Yeah, it definitely did not start um, early on. Okay. Um, my mom was, my mom swam for Florida. My dad played basketball at a very high level. Um, all my aunts and uncles swam. It was just something that we did. Uh, and we definitely as swimmers with the high, high energy expenditure, um, rolled up at home after practice as a 15 year old, right. And heated up the frozen Costco box of, um, <laughs> mozzarella sticks and potato skins. And I joke with people all the time. That is absolutely how I grew up. And I love food. And I love when people realize that about me as a dietitian, that it's like, I am not here to tell you what not to eat. I am here to <laughs> tell you what to eat. <laughs> um, so I think there's a balance, right? In supporting somebody in meeting them where they are, but at the same time, understanding that food should be enjoyable and shouldn't be looked at and villainized. Um, so it, it was, I grew up with a very open kind of plan, if you will, around food. It was like, holy cow, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. <laughs> so that's really what that looked like. But then when I was in college, I, you know, for athletes out there, you know, we can get better in college, but a lot of times we don't become like get, whoa, what the heck this person came out of nowhere. I was definitely one of those athletes that went significantly faster my freshman year of college. And it was like, Ooh, what did I just do? I felt really proud of myself. Um, and for you girls out there, there's nothing wrong with saying that I think is sidebar, right? Because this is women changing the game. Um, stop feeling like you are high on yourself because you say you are proud of yourself. Please say to yourself and to your people that you're proud of yourself. You should be for things that you accomplish. So sidebar. No, that's so <laughs> but important. I was, 
really proud of that year. And then guess what, girl, I went slower my next year and I was so angry and I was so frustrated. And I was like, did that athlete tantrum? Like, I'm going to quit, like whatever. And thankfully I had great coaches and support staff within my family and friends that said, hold up. Okay. Well, you can't keep doing the same thing and expect this and continue to expect growth. What else can you do? And food was that thing that kind of came up and it was, what could I do with this? And what can I change? And could I recover more quickly? And could I be more explosive? And is my body composition appropriate? And I had no idea. I was 19. I had no clue what I was needing to do. So I went to the health center and I was like, oh yeah, you have no clue what I need either. <laughs> <laughs> Normally they don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're, yeah, they're there to support like if you get sick or you break your yep. arm, right? Like <laughs> it wasn't on them. It just didn't exist. Right, yeah. So I trial and errored like crazy and I epically failed at times with low energy or my sleep being disrupted or feeling overly full. Um, so it was a trial and error game for me back then. And I went so much faster. It took two years and I just, it just kept going. And I was like, holy cow, this is crazy. Yeah. So when I continued postgraduately, um, I ended up getting second in NCAAs at two different events. And the girls that I lost to that year um, ended up going into, uh, on to win gold medals. So I was like, happiest second place person I say it all the time happiest second place person <laughs> ever so happy to lose like because I really never expected to be there but I did everything I could do to support my body and my career um so I was just so proud of that and it's funny we say right things come about at the right time yeah I did that because I thought maybe it would support my performance um and later on, a couple of years later, continuing to swim, I had gotten degrees in business in marketing and management and realized I cannot sit behind a desk and type on a computer. I will go insane. I need to help people. I need to be around people that are motivated. <laughs> like, so I went back to school. Yeah. And I went back to school. So I did not find it until I was probably about 24 um and started really realizing that was important and went back to school for nutrition and my master's in nutrition as well and I guess the rest is history (laughs) wow that's a really awesome journey and I love how you talk about your freshman year you know you were right on it and then you know what the next year you lost it and I feel like that's a really important like learning journey um that not everything went right right away but and now so you're working in um, motorsports, but you previously being with the Panthers, how has that, you know, changed working in football and then going to this whole different sport, which it's, it's so different, but I'm not sure is it different, um, you know, nutrition wise, you know, handling these athletes, how has that changed from sport to sport? Yeah, it's a great question. I certainly did not go into this thinking. I'm going to be a male sport, you know, support system, (laughs) but it just played out that way. And I think that's to our previous conversation, keep your eyes open, be opportunistic in looking for what's around and, and is there something that is not, is there someone or something that's not being supported? Is there a problem to be solved? Um, So I was with the Panthers for six seasons and the role, six seasons and the role had never existed before. And I walked in there and had two of our biggest guys literally standing in the calf saying, where is she? Like, it was something they had been seeking out, but it just didn't exist. Uh, What they expected me to do was not what ended up being the case. It took a lot of back and forth and me actually initially declining the Panthers offer before it was what I wanted it to be. Initially, they were like, we just want to call you for some weight management, weight loss. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't. No, I can't do that. I won't be successful that way. Um, You and I both know that we were going to work on something and you were at a very high level for me to talk to you, you know, every other week. Like, it's not going to get it done. You eat seven times a day. (laughs) So it was kind of an evolution over the years where we went from there wasn't even a kitchen for the players available. So they were eating 
crazy, ridiculous bagged lettuce and lasagnas. You know, it was not okay. Um, and it took us a couple of years to really build out that kitchen. It went from, you're not allowed in the locker room. You're not allowed in the weight room. You're not allowed in the training room to, okay, maybe, okay, you're okay. You're here to do your job, right? So, and we'll talk later. One of the things that you had sent me, I really want to talk about some advice for women and girls in the sports industry, because it shouldn't still be a thing, but it is. And I think that there's just not quite enough awareness. So we we can talk about that later, but, uh, but it evolved over time to those areas opening up to me um, in the training room, in the weight room. I will say I have zero interest in being in the locker room. I wouldn't want them in my locker room. So why would I expect to be in their locker room? Right. There's places for us to do our jobs that are, that we can get it done. Right. That we don't need to, you know, overstep our boundaries, if you will. Um, so it's, it, each opportunity evolved in its own way. Mm-hmm. Um, football took way, way more time to really open some of the doors that number one had been closed or number two, they didn't even know the doors existed in terms of what services we could provide. It seemed um, like it, by the way, you were describing how they wanted you to come in seems like they had no idea what even, you know, what they wanted you to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Sometimes you have to show your worth sometimes. And, and sometimes you have to educate in the sports world and not just as women, um, but as new roles, right. At one point, strength coaches weren't there all the time. And it's like, wait, what do you mean they weren't there all the time? So it's, you know, with these new industries and new support systems, like for example, our mental health practitioners, we didn't have a mental health practitioner till the last two seasons. And she was vital. I was the only female in that world for the first four and a half of the six years that I was there. Um, and that was part of my benefit was I had a different perspective. Uh, and it allowed some of those guys to ask me different questions or to approach me about things and get different perspectives. And um, so that was totally different. So when you're in football, for example, to go back to your original question, it's so, so different depending on the athlete you're working with. I could have a 380 pound guy and I could have a 160 pound kicker. So you're talking about hugely different needs. Um, you deal with a lot of trends so that, you know, there's a lot of gurus and they got their guy, right? So I have to deal with a lot of myth busting in making them aware of where the science sits and what reality is your shelf life if you will I hate to say it that way but that's the reality your shelf life in football is like two and a half to three years that's the average um, which means there's a whole lot less than two and a half years so you know you try to meet with an athlete and figure out what their motivation is Uh, so in football there's you know that's that's it's a huge variety of needs. They're there for many, many hours all day long. Um, they have been exposed to a lot because of their college environments. So they come in with a decent amount of knowledge. Whereas when I went into NASCAR, it didn't exist. There was no, you know, it didn't exist like, it, like, oh, they came from college and it existed there. Like it, it didn't exist at all. Mm-hmm. And when I started with them six years ago or five years ago, um, five or six years ago, uh, a lot of them didn't even go to college, much less play college sports. So they grew up around the track and they did a lot of frying their food and they, you know, like that kind of like old school mindset, if you will. And like, I wanted to take them out of that, obviously into some basic nutrition education. So we started super basic, like, no, we are not eating fried food every single day. Right. (laughs) But now we're at this place where we're like, we're doing sweat testing and blood analysis and tart cherry juice, like things that, that really just didn't touch that sport previously. It may have gotten to the drivers a lot more quickly, uh, but your pit crew athletes who are actually lifting up the car and a hundred pound gas can and yanking tires off that are 60 pounds, like it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, so to- yeah, they are totally different athletes. 
Um, and we started at a much higher level in football, but it took a lot longer to progress. Whereas in NASCAR, we started much more basic, but it took, uh, we progressed really fast. And that was going to be my question. Even though the football players came from a background of knowing, having some knowledge in this, and then, you know, NASCAR completely different, but which was harder, do you think? Because maybe having that knowledge, they're, you know, maybe stuck in their ways of certain things that they think they know. And then, um, whereas on the other side of things, if they don't know anything, you know, you, it's kind of easier to teach them everything right there. And then they're more willing to learn from you. Do you think which was harder? <laughs> yeah, you hit the nail on the head. There's no question that when we have to break habits and think about this, right? As an athlete, as a student, yeah. You have to break habits. That takes just as much time as creating new habits in my, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, no question is, was football more difficult in that right? And as we get more and more recruited, retired college athletes in NASCAR, which is what's happening now, um, it, it, it's turning more into that. We're much more slowly progressing because it's like, oh, wait, you have to prove to me this works or I already have my plan. And it's like, right. do you though? Do you really have a plan? <laughs> you have a football plan. You're a picker <laughs> member now. Like, so it's breaking the mold, you know, that is, I think, very difficult um, for us as athletes because we get very set in our ways. And we do that because we are always looking to avoid evolve and and let's be real anybody successful I don't care in what you're doing anybody that is successful looks for creating protocols and plans and does development so that they can get to a this is what works I'm going to live in that and move on to the next thing that is what allows continued growth so sometimes when you have to backtrack on something it's not easy yeah, I could see that. That's why, that's why I had to ask that question. I'm like, I wonder how it is because you would think that football might be way easier, but when you think about it, yeah, breaking habits, of course. So I feel like it's crazy to see how, to hear how you were the first person in that position for football. And then you say for NASCAR, they had no idea about this and this is all new stuff. And it's crazy to hear how these things are just coming about and you think of the sport and these are things that are needed you know nutrition is needed a dietitian is needed and the fact that we didn't have those things or you're saying like a strength coach um you know I don't remember that really in high school but now it's becoming more of a thing in, for high school athletes and it's crazy yeah, how these positions yeah. are just they've just recently come about pretty much so um I think we're definitely evolving and we're moving up and it goes the same for women in sports in general. I think they're both kind of the same thing. And that's why I think the Gatorade advisory board is really cool. I think we're, you know, you guys are coming in with a, with what's really important right now, women in sports, whether that's in working in sports or women athletes. And I think both we're starting to realize are we need to put more light on that. So I really want to get into that. Yeah. So, well, and right, we've talked about men that I've worked with so far, right? And it's one of those things where everybody's trying to grow through COVID and what we're going to do next. And as I've stepped back from the Panthers, it's become a passion of like, okay, that's great. I'm happy to help male athletes. Um, but at the same time, what have I learned through this that potentially I can support women in? Um, so like, for example, the girl that I had mentioned getting second to in one of the events way back, um, Carolyn Joyce, she started this business called LEAD, Leadership, Empowerment, and Athletic Development. And it's all about female age group athletes and growth, not only as an athlete, but as a person. Um, whether it is supporting your female teammates, whether it is the mental health side of things, whether it is confidence, whether it is nutrition. Um, so over the last couple of years, it's been something that I've personally been trying to kind of grow on a little bit. And the, again, the more you put yourself out there for opportunities um, and try to support people, it's crazy the opportunities that come around. So um, what you're kind of alluding to is this Gatorade board that I'm so insanely 
honored to be a part of. It is a lot of active athletes like April Ross, who's going to the Olympics for, I think, the third time now. Um, and yeah, just it's just crazy, right? So the goal, though, with Gatorade in that scenario was to get a bunch of women together who have really, from a lot of different aspects, been exposed to the sports world, whether it is as an athlete, whether it's from a media perspective, whether it's from the other side of the ball, if you will, in terms of working in the management side or the coaching side. So it's a really crazy board. Ladies, definitely look it up. It's like, I, I literally got the phone call about being involved. I was like, seriously? I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, so you're not, like, you're, yeah, you're never too, like, seriously, there's just, um, there's always people that you're going to look up to. And I think you always should have people that you look up to and, and there's always room to grow and there's always, always things to learn. Um, I think continuing to learn and, and be coached is important sidebar. Yeah. If you look at my social media, I don't know if you saw my social media, like I'm into like learning how to paddleboard these days and I'm like, I'm going to race next summer. Awesome. <laughs> I love paddleboarding by the way. So that's awesome. Oh, maybe, maybe. You can give me some tips then because I'm literally just starting. <laughs> I'm sure you're already better than me. <laughs> literally, I tumbled the other day. I was like, oh man, that was embarrassing. Did we see that? No, but I, I say that because I think it's important to continue to learn and, and continue to remember what it's like to be coached. Um, and I'm coaching my seven-year-old daughter's soccer team last season and this travel soccer team coming up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to really, I try to expose myself on a lot of different sides because I want to get to a place where I can be well thought out all the way around about a question that is posed to me. So the question that was posed with the Skaterade board is, why are female athletes stopping play much earlier and at a much younger age than they used to and than their male counterparts? And I honestly didn't even know that that was happening. So when Gatorade posed this question and brought this board up, I was like, wait a minute, what, what do you mean? And you know, my mind came at it from all these different angles. As a mom, I thought to myself, well, I only stepped up to coach because my daughter asked me to, and I would have, if I'm perfectly honest, I would have much rather sat on my chair. My initial thought was like, okay, I can sit on my chair and get an hour of a break a day and, and appreciate watching her. I was going to say, but good for I, you. That's awesome <laughs> that you're coaching. <laughs> but at the same time, I realized that as I was coaching at the end of the season, she said to me, you know, one of her friends and her, as we're walking off the field said, mom, look, you're the only, you're the only girl coaching. I was like, I am not the only girl out here that or mom out here that's played sports. And like, there's seven, we can handle it. So that's not a shame on us as moms, right? We have a lot on our plates, especially those of us that are doing a multitude of different things, have different, you know, um, more, multiple kids to take different places, get involved with charity. Like there are a lot of things to get excited about and engage with. Um, but uh, you know, my mom brain in that question started wondering, wow, do, do we not engage enough at a high enough level to show them that we need to be more engaged? And then my athlete mind said, well, are there enough women to look up to, right? Is there exposure to other athletes that make you like, Hey, I want to be like her. Like, she's awesome. Right. Like that old school, be like Mike campaign, right? Like, where's the, like, be like Abby Wambach, like, <laughs> and they are out there, but are they as present um, and as accessible? Mm -hmm. um, and then my, my kind of, um, you know, compute, right? Like the media side of this, is it as easy to get to male, to get to female sports and watch them as it is male, like they're out there. I know we were watching soccer. We've been watching women's soccer for, for a while now. Love it. Um, love it. You know, I, and I love to go back and watch women's South Carolina games as much as I can basketball games, because they are crazy amazing. Um, so it, you know, it's just a matter of why do we not, are we not as purposeful maybe about going to watch them? Is it because it's not as exciting? Because it certainly is, but do we know the history? That's one thing that came up on our call 
why is there not as much awareness and storyline around women's sports history? Because there is some crazy cool stories, right? Like think about tennis. There are like Billie Jean King, there's crazy cool stories about women's sports. But if we don't expose young women to them, then maybe we don't ever get that kind of like bug, if you will. Right. And that's why we're so into male sports and stuff. We have all this background and we think of these previous players who, uh, you know, these little boys and girls look up to. And a lot of the time it's male history of, um, I don't know, the first thing that's coming to mind is like NBA players, you think of immediately of their history. And I think that's great that the Gatorade Advisory Board wants to put more media coverage on um, these, you know, commercials or whatever it is to show these women. Well, and that's the thing, right? And that's the goal is to figure out what does that plan look like to be purposeful about how to move forward with that. And kudos to Gatorade for that, because it's, you know, it's easy to say you're going to do something and have all these plans. There's so many boards, right? Like the Gatorade is really doing an impressive job. And this is not me doing anything other than saying like, I'm just so impressed because you get all these opportunities to give input, right? But you have to translate that, those ideas into action. Um, And you have an amazing board to do that. And so many cool women. And I like how you talked about how it's um, a diverse board of women from either athletes or on the media side of things and what's it been like working with all those women and hearing their ideas um oh yeah I definitely got on there like let me let me selfie this with <laughs> with everybody on the screen yep. because it was it's <laughs> it's important to have people to look up to um and it's important to be impressed by other women because there are so many women out there doing super impressive things Um, There are some women on the board that I didn't uh, know all that much about. And as I'm researching them, I'm like, holy cow, this person is legit. (laughs) This is cool. So I think it's important to, anytime you're interested in stuff, in in anything, look up where where women are that have come before you in doing things, because I still do that to this day. I mean, I have had a mentor through my entire career, Michelle Rockwell, who literally started started Florida, basically, University of Florida's program. And it was like, oh my gosh, like how did you even deal with all of that, right? <laughs> so I think look for a mentor, look for somebody to look up to. And it doesn't have to be that you completely are walking the same path, yeah. but whether they're being vocal, whether it is the, you know, the way that they train, whether it, it, there's so many different reasons to look up to different women. And I think it's important to have those. Yeah. And you're one of those amazing women too. So you say you're so excited to be a part of the board, but um, I think, yeah, uh, like I said, everyone on that board is so amazing, including yourself. And I think you should be really proud of being there and to that you can all come together and we can see these women. Um, Hopefully you guys, you know, share with us some really cool things and you, you already have started to, by just um, being a part of this. So really excited for that. And um, I know this, you have so many great things going on, but what are some things also that you're looking forward to now um, for the future of your career and just things you're going to do in life? Yeah. And, and I think to your point, it's like, what's coming? That's what keeps us engaged and keeps us excited. Um, and that was the lesson that I learned, right? With the nutrition component, it was just, it's a totally different lesson, but in a, a learned lesson in a different way, but same lesson. Um, how do you continue to grow? How do you continue to evolve? To, to evolve? What keeps you engaged? Um, so that's the interesting part about COVID is one of the things I kind of goals I set for myself early on in my career was how do I reach as many athletes as I possibly can? And I say that on podcasts and just in meetings and conferences when I'm speaking all the time, because you can't do it all at once. You can't do it all ever, <laughs> but you can continue to work towards that. And while I did a lot with male athletes for a long time, now I'm like, ooh, what can we do as women, right? Like, and how do you start to reach and educate the masses, if you will? So one of the things I'm doing a lot more is working with a lot of media outlets and saying, how can we 
get a lot more forward facing with nutrition education that is science-based. Just like we said with the Google search, there's a lot of noise out there when it comes to food, when it comes to supplements, when it comes to changing your body, like there's so much noise. And I say it that way because it is, it's noise. Where does the science sit and what is the reality? And is it based on you? Is there research on males? And here we are as females trying to apply it to ourselves because we are not small men. <laughs> we are women. True. Very so we, you know, I'm doing, I'm trying to kind of really put myself in those opportunities from a media standpoint, um, from a national, from a national platform. So we're working on building that out. Um, and as far as the reaching the masses kind of a concept, we are working on an educational platform that is virtual, where we can have opportunities for you to be educated on something quickly, but at a really, really high level. And it be gender specific, a little bit more age specific, a little bit uh, very much sports specific. So I'm working with some other um, sports professionals to kind of build out that kind of a platform which takes way more time than I ever expected um, and knowledge that I don't have. <laughs> but yeah, to your point, it will be worth it. Sometimes it's putting your head down, right? And um, starting something new, it's putting your head down and, and really starting to dive into it. So it's gonna be a lot more virtual education um, and a lot more kind of female focused education as well. Um, so those are two things that I'm kind of currently working on. Awesome. Yeah. And tying it together with technology now is crazy. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important to change with the times and figure out how to do all this stuff that you want to do, but put it in a virtual way, which is really important right now. People want to get things quick, like you said, but also yeah. facts-based, science-based, and just um, for each individual as their own. So yeah. Important. Yeah. Now, I just want to ask you your final piece of advice. You already gave great advice throughout this whole thing, but just one final piece of advice that you have for women or girls um, in the sports industry in general. Yeah, so you had sent some of these questions over and I wrote it down, right? We talked about time management. I had sent you an email. I'm like, let me ask some of the questions. And I'm so glad you sent this one over because I really had been thinking about it all morning. And I actually talked to my daughter about it uh, and my son on in the way to tennis camp in the car this morning. And I think it's so, so important. I, I ask a lot of women, but I think it's so important to get, get each women's different perspective on their advice because, you know, I could ask everybody this question, but everybody's going to be different. And I think it's really, really important to see what everyone has to say in their own different piece of what they have to tell um, women in sports. Yeah. And that's why I'm so grateful that people like you do these podcasts, because how else would we get information from people with completely different experiences and exposures mm -hmm. within the sports world? Um, so it is, it's really cool. Um, so, I, well, and that's one of my first, that was the first thing I wrote down was exposure. Put yourself out there. Make sure if you're going into the sports world, you have to get experience and initially, unfortunately, that might not be paid, but don't come into the sports world thinking, oh, this is so cool and forget the fact that it is not a normal lifestyle. For many years, I was up at five o'clock in the morning and at the stadium by six and I did not take my kids to school first thing in the morning, but I was done by three. So I got to see them early, you know what I mean? So. It, it's not a normal nine to five most of the time in the sports world. And as cool as it, and as exciting as it is, there are dues to be paid for part of that. Um, and you're not always winning and it's not always cool and exciting when you're not winning. <laughs> so I think exposure and experience is really important so that if you're going to dive in and potentially work 60, 80 hour weeks, um, that you really, really know that what you're about to do is what you love. So I think exposure is important for that. So that was my first one. My second one is speaking up. I probably spent a year or two being way too polite and PC and worrying about somebody saying, um, using verbiage about women that they would not use about men, right? If I was speaking up or potentially speaking out of turn, uh-uh, speak up, 
bring what you have to offer to the table. What they think about you speaking up is not your problem. <laughs> so speak up, okay? Don't hesitate to bring yourself to the table and show your value. Um, my third one we kind of talked about a little bit, which is find a mentor. Um, there are women that have come before us and they, like myself, love to share our experiences. Because if I, something that I have gone through can help you not go through it and you get to get a little bit further than, and offer a little bit more, um, then it's a win-win for everybody because we have progressed. Um, so find a mentor, find an advisor, speak to women that have been there before. Um, I have five. My fourth one oh. is to know your environment and know your audience. Um, I touched on this a little bit because I think there was some conversation around, you know, a women can't be in the locker room. Well, I don't want to be in the locker room. You know, why should I be in their locker room? I don't want them in mine. So know your audience, know your environment. Um, I joked before with friends and family that like, I have to turn my football mouth off when I come home. Right. Like I'm from New Jersey. I grew up with, uh, with a mouth a little bit and literally like in that environment, I can, I can roll a little bit. And they were like, Oh, I could be myself. Like know your audience. Like you can, you can be yourself a different version of yourself, if you will, in different audiences. Because if I go into, um, I'm not going to go into a, you know, 12 to, to 16 year old female conversation <laughs> with the same, you know, way I'm presenting, even if I was, I'm probably not, but if I was presenting the same information, I'm going to present it differently. Um, so know who you're talking about, do your research, understand their background. Um, so that was number four. And then my fifth one is you are not a man. So don't try to be, you bring something completely different to a table. We don't have to say better or worse, just different and different is good. Um, I will leave you with one last story. I actually had an athlete in football, literally curse out a, an entire staff, a coaching staff, <laughs> um, because I was at that time, not around full-time yet with them. And he was getting railed on his weight and where it was and why it was moving and all these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And he literally let it fly. Well, you, this person is trying to help me and you don't have him around all the time. Well, guess what? The next season I was full-time. Um, so you are not a man. You have something completely different to offer. Um, again, not better or worse, just different. The, a lot of that, that person felt much more comfortable having those conversations with me, whether it was because of my background, whether it was because I was female, whether it was a different perspective, who cares? You are different than somebody else and you are different than a man. So bring your value to the table. There's no reason to try to hide that. Um, I spent the first couple of years, my mom would be like, you're going to work like that. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> with like the baggiest sweatpants and like the baggiest t-shirt, like large men's shirts. And because I wanted to almost be gender neutral, if you will, because I did not want to be seen as anything else other than I have something to offer you as an athlete because of my knowledge and my experience. But over time I started to learn like, but I am a female, so I don't need to be in men's large sweatpants, right? <laughs> so I only share those stories to be real. But, um, but I think that those are a couple of things that can be really impactful that if somebody would have said to me earlier, I might have just kind of come to them a little bit more quickly and easily is all. I think all of those are really important. Um, the last one, talking about just being a female, that comes with being yourself and just owning who you are. I think that's something a lot of us have to learn that just own yourself and that's going to be the best thing you can do. And then I want to go back to number two, when you um, repeat that one again. So speaking up, speaking up. Okay. That I just wanted you to say that again, because I think that also is one of major key because you talked about how, when you first went in with the Panthers, they wanted you to do things a specific way but you said you know what this is how it's going to be most beneficial and I think that's what made um your position so great is just telling them this is what I'm doing and this is how it's going to be most beneficial and I think that's really important that comes with any job and especially being a woman in sports right now it's so important to speak up and just you know say what you want to do and be confident in that thank you 
Yeah, yeah. You have to know it and you have to own it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And we kind of kicked it off with that. So it's a good way to close, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with working hard yeah. and being proud of what you accomplish. And I think it's too easy for people to um, look at that as not being humble. Um, you can be plenty humble and still be proud of your accomplishments, right? So right. like you said in the life. beginning, how you were talking about um, your story that you just were proud of yourself. And I think that's so important. A lot of people overlook their accomplishments and they're just moving on to the next thing. Well, what can I do next? Instead of sitting back and saying, hey, I did that and I'm proud of myself for that. And then that'll help you with what you're going to do in the future as well. So really cool. Absolutely. Really great advice. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your advice and stories. Um, yeah. I think that you are doing really great things. I think the Gatorade Advisory Board is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see what's to come with that. Um, I can't wait to see you evolve like with nutrition and being a dietitian. I think that things are still really changing in that field and are just going to become even better and better. So where can we keep up with you with all this stuff? Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, and thanks for having me on. This is really fun because it's just fun to have different audiences and different kind of conversations because it helps me think and evolve too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can reach out to us. Um, our sports nutrition focused information is, is on IG and Facebook and it's sports RD pro. Um, and then some of the more business side of things is the RD pro, and that's more kind of motivational and informational. And like, like I said, the business side, um, and I have my kids all over my personal one, which is Jenny with an I E W A N. So, um, if we can ever help anyone or if I can ever help anyone, please, 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 please don't hesitate. Um, we do a lot with teams right now. So because of everything becoming virtual, if you're part of a team where you feel like your team could gain value from having some more consistent education, we're doing a lot of that virtually for teams, um, for a multitude of different sports, um, and you know, numbers from 10 athletes to hundred athletes. Um, but yeah, we are so very happy to always help and I am happy to help and please don't hesitate to reach out and thank you for taking the time to have me. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you for your help and your guidance for everyone. Um, really excited to see what's to come. So thank you again, Jennifer. It was great to have you and we'll see everyone next time on women changing the game.